0: Would you please turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter, please, 1 Peter chapter 3. So this morning, I I want to speak to the husbands. Last week, we uh, took a look in 1 Peter chapter 3, starting with verse 1. We, we read, in the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands. The Lord says, here's how serious it is about our being submissive as a woman to our husband is even if they are disobedient to the Word of God, that's as bad as it gets as far as God is concerned. And you'll be, you'll be able to win Him, the Lord says, without, without a word, by your behavior. That's an intimidating verse, man, if you think through it at all. For a woman to just sit there and to, through her behavior, hopefully change her husband into the man that she would love for him to be to allow God to move in his life. And so if, if your wife is willing to live like this. Becoming submissive to you. Uh, attempting to reverse the curse that is upon her life. Of, 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 of not trying to control. Desire the word used, uh, God used in, in Genesis chapter uh, 2. Not trying to desire your husband. Then, what is our job as a husband in all of this what What are we to do How, how are we to to help in that whole scenario as a, a a woman becomes submissive to her husband, reversing the curse that is upon her that happened way back in the garden? Well Peter tells us in in first Peter chapter three and verse seven, he starts it by saying, "You husbands." In the same way, or in my Bible, which is written quite a while ago, it says likewise, but it's the same meaning. You husbands, in the same way, or likewise, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman. And show her honor as a fellow heir in the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Let's pray right now. Father, the last thing we would want as Christians who understand that all things come from You and that through Your hands passes everything within our lives, it would be critical that our prayers would not be hindered. That we would be able to come to You unhindered and for You to be able to hear every word that we speak and move upon our lives as You are so faithful to do. And so we ask, Father, that You would bless this time for, for families, husbands and wives, and, and everyone else here, Father God, to move in our lives in such a fashion that we, we grasp the, the wonders of Your Word. Would You please bless us, Father? Would You please move me aside and allow us to see clearly The picture of what it looks like to be a husband or a man who's not married, but maybe looking to become married. What does it look like, Father? And so we pray your blessings upon us, that you would open up our eyes, our hearts, and our minds so that we might behold the most wonderful of privileges, and that is your word. Blessed Father, we pray in Jesus' most precious name, Amen. First thought, isn't it interesting that God starts through Peter, verse 7, just as He started verse 1 of this chapter. In other words, in verse 1, He says, "...in the same way you wives..." And here it says, now, husbands, in the same way, if you're thinking at all, that should take you and me back to chapter 2. Take a look at chapter 2, if you recall... It said in verses 13, 14, and 15, we are to submit ourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it's to a king who is one in authority or to governors who are sent by him for the punishment of those who do evil and the praise of those who do right. And verse 15, we came to such as the will of God that by doing what is right, we might silence the ignorance of foolish men. It says in verse 18 that servants are to be subject to their own masters as with respect. Not, not all that are good and gentle, but even those who are unreasonable. He tells us in verse 20 of chapter 2, what credit is there? If with, when you sin and, and you are harshly treated, you endure that with patience. He says, what is that? No, he says, but when you do what is right and you suffer for it with patience, And you patiently endure. This will find favor with God. Verse 21, For you and I have been called for this purpose. Since Christ suffered for us, He left for us an example to follow in His steps. So, wives in the same way, talking about honoring and talking about suffering... And so husbands, in the same way, we should do just as our wives have done. We see the Lord's obedience through suffering, submission. We as husbands are to imitate Him. We are to be as He taught His disciples. Remember in, 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 when we looked at, at Matthew chapter 20 and and and. and John and James' mother came, the sons of Zebedee. She came to the Lord and she asked, Can you honor my sons? Can can one of them sit on your left hand when you go into your kingdom and the other on your right? And he said, No, that's not for me to give. The other other disciples who were there and, and overheard this became indignant, it says. They wanted the same thing. The Lord gathered them and He said, Look, let me tell you how it is for you. Those of you who wish to be first should become last. Those of you who wish to become a place of importance, you should become a servant. And here was the key, the Lord said. He says, For, for the, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. That's our example, gentlemen. We are to love our wives like Jesus Christ loves us, the church. That's a tremendous undertaking as a, as a husband. So how do, we, how do we fulfill all of that? Well, if you remember when we began this journey, looking at husbands and wives, we, we came across a very interesting verse. It, just before it told, "'Wives, be subject to your own husband as unto the Lord.'" The verse was that you and I, we are to be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. And so what we saw immediately is this this submission within marriages and life in general goes both ways. Men and women, women and men. So if our wife must reverse the curse of trying not to control us As the husband who is the head of the house by God's choice. How are we to do this? How are we as husbands to live in such a a way with our wives? Well here verse 7 explains it all. I mean it is really compact. And it tells us exactly how we are to live with our wives. It says husbands live with your wives in an understanding way. Stop right there. Critical to any and all marriages is this term in the same way. It is a farming term. And I like to say you've you've bought the farm. When when you say, I do, you have brought into your life a woman that you are to live with in an understanding way. Now, Now in that time, they all understood what our Lord was saying because they... They, for the most part, lived off the land. They knew how to care for their cattle. They knew how to care for the land. It was critical to them. And so, no farmer would go to, uh, let's say this, (laughs) let's say he grows this. And this is his means for survival. This is what nourishes his family. This is what, what gives him produce. This is what allows him to, to live a, a, a very good life. There is no farmer who would buy this wherever he has to start to grow it and, 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 and plant it on his property, which is this, over here if it doesn't grow well. He, he, would, he would know that if he planted it there, it would, it would eventually die. It, it would struggle to, to maintain its life. No, no, that would be a, a farmer who would live in his land in a uh, misunderstanding way. He wouldn't know how to grow what God has given him. And so he knows better. He would He would not plant it here if, in fact, it grew over here like crazy. It just takes off. He would plant it here so it would flourish. Gentlemen, if you live with a wife who is high maintenance. Let's just say she's high maintenance. You've bought that particular farm. You are to care for that particular woman. That is a responsibility that God has given to you when you said, I do. I will take her as my wife. I will leave my mother and my father. I will cleave to her and her alone. And I will care for her as my wife. And so husbands... You live with her in an understanding way. Let's say, for instance, it's difficult for your wife to submit. Now, it's a curse. It falls hard upon all the women. But, but perhaps there's some that are more difficult to, to submit. It just, it just hurts. And what you ought to do as a husband is to find out what does she need to flourish? What causes your wife to grow to the woman that God has called her to be. You need to know. You need to find out what that woman is like. And then you need to delegate to her places of authority in that area within your home so that you could become submissive to her. Teaching her how to submit. Showing her the example. You see, through your servanthood, through your example towards her, You would allow her to see what it's like to to be submissive to another person as you submit yourself to her. Remember, Christ is our example. Remember, Jesus Christ did not come to be served, but to serve. You and I, as it said in chapter 2 of this particular book, 1 Peter chapter 3, husbands, we have been called for that purpose since... Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example. We're to follow in His steps. In other words, we're to live with her in such a fashion that that it becomes easier for her to submit to us. To be that woman that God called her to be in your marriage. That's That's a very important principle. You know, our Lord, when He looks down at us, You know, he sees a few of us. We're the what? The bride of Christ. He looks down at us and there's a few of us that are high maintenance. Does the Lord give up on us? No, you know, he's... That John, he just... He's just high maintenance. No, he... He takes my... My essence of who I am and he helps to mold me into the man that he has created me to be lovingly, tenderly, caring for me. And when I sin and fall short of what he expects of me, what does he do? Does he give up on me? No, 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 no. When I ask for forgiveness, he forgives me how many times? Every single time. Wipes away my sin, separates it as far as the east is from the west and remembers it What? No more. Husbands, we are to live with our wives in an understanding way, loving our wives like Jesus Christ loves us. Note what Peter says as we go into that verse 7 a little deeper. He says that she is a weaker vessel because or since she is a woman. Now now that doesn't mean that you can beat her in arm wrestling or something like that. No, no, no. Her weakness is truly her strength. Listen for a moment. She's not weak. She is willfully placing herself under you and your authority And that's why she is, in the essence of a marriage, weaker. She's a weaker vessel because she has taken a position of submission. She has put herself willfully in a weaker position within the marriage. Being willfully submissive to you. We said that 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 term, submission, is a is a military term she willfully has placed herself under you and as we learned last week look look at 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 chapter 3 again look what it says she she in verse 5 says in former times this the women also who hoped in god became submissive to their own husbands she shows a complete trust in the Lord to work within her life through her husband's leadership to change him into the man that God wants him to be. You see, Paul told us we are all equal, men and women alike. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, don't look, you can listen. Paul reminds us, there is neither Jew nor Greek He says, there is neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female. He says, because we are all one in Christ Jesus. And Peter demonstrates that by saying further in verse 7 here, since she is weaker, grant her honor, it says in verse 7, as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Honor, simply put, gentlemen, is to place value upon someone. To place great worth upon your wife. Tell me. In fact, no, no, no. Not out loud. Don't. But ask yourself, how valuable is your wife to you? How much is she worth? How do you honor her? You might, when you get alone, and the timing is right, gentlemen, timing is everything in this question, <laughs> you might want to ask her, How am I doing? Do I honor you? You know, kind of stand clear a little bit, let her think that through. Does she feel valuable? That might be even more important than the whole idea of you valuing her. Does she feel that she is of great worth to you? I'll tell you my price tag on Kay. In fact, I got through the service last night. We had just a glorious time here the church. And I told Kay when I got home, I said, uh, I told the members of the church that you feel you're very valued as far as I'm concerned. I told the people in our church that my price tag on you is you're not for sale. There is no price tag. You are priceless to me. Do you really feel that way, I asked you? I said, yeah. You make me feel very secure. Isn't it interesting that we as husbands are to emulate Jesus Christ Isn't it interesting that the Bible teaches that we are secure in Him? It's one of the hardest principles to teach to a a group of Christians. That is God's grace, God's unmerited favor. That He tells you and me, once we come to Him, He will never leave us, nor will He ever forsake us. He will personally hand-deliver us to heaven. You and I are secure in Him. We need to believe that. We need to sense that security. Isn't it interesting that He asks us as husbands to allow our wives to feel that security within our marriages? That we will honor her as a fellow heir of the grace of life. See, how valuable are you to god that 's a good question you might ask all of us i 'll tell you how valuable we are. We have been brought bought each of us have been bought by the same the same price tag. each of us were bought by the blood of god 's son Jesus Christ signed sealed. Paid for in full, each of you, each of us. God paid for us by the blood of his son. You are about amazing value to God. You know that, don't you? How so should we as husbands make our wives feel? One of the greatest privileges that you and I have as human beings is to accept God's payment for our soul. If you've never thought about it like that before, and you're not certain that you have ever really truly given your heart To Jesus Christ. You know, today is um, an amazing day. It is the best day that I've ever known of to come to Christ. March the 14th. The year 2010. At 9 o'clock in the morning, or if you haven't set your clocks, 8. On March the 12th. March the 12th, 1973. I gave my heart to Jesus Christ at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in Honolulu, Hawaii. I'll never forget it. I was so struck at that moment, I even looked up at the clock. I, I was lying, no, actually, I was on my knees beside my bed the place that I lived in Honolulu, and I asked Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sin. I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. I asked Him to help me. Help me become the man that He desires me to be. And of all things, He came into my heart. Forgave me of my sin. Can you imagine that love, that he would do that for me or for you? Now imagine, husbands, you are to love your wife with that kind of love. You are to honor your wife as a fellow heir of the grace of life. You see why God holds you so secure? Why He will never let us go? Peter closes this because, let's face it, the Holy Spirit who inspired this letter knows us as men. Let's recap this verse. Look at it in its full power. We're to live with our wives like a farmer would his land in an understanding way. We're to live with her as as with a weaker vessel because she's a woman, because she has willfully placed herself under our authority. Therefore, we're to grant her honor. As a fellow heir of eternal life. For she too, like you, was paid for in full by Jesus Christ. She too, as Jesus looks at you, she ought to be priceless to you. Just as we are to him. So why are we to understand? Why are we to love? Why are we to honor? Why are we to cherish our wives among many other reasons, God goes to the core of who we are as man so that your prayers won't be hindered. He, he puts a caveat in there. There is absolutely no one on the face of this earth more inept than a person who can't go directly to God asking His help in whatever situation we are in, sensing that maybe our prayers are being hindered And listen, if you sense that, there's two things you ought to do immediately, only one if you're not married. If you're not married, you ought to immediately examine yourself to see if there's any sin that is unrepented in your life that might stop you from having your prayers answered. And if you are a husband The second thing you do after you ask yourself that question is you ought to ask yourself, am I treating my wife the most precious gift that God has ever given to me apart from His Son? Am I treating her with honor? Am I loving her like Jesus Christ loves me? Am I honoring her and considering her priceless, let not, gentlemen, our prayers be hindered because we aren't fulfilling all the, that we ought to be for our wives. With that being said, verse 7 closes. That's what he asks of you and me as a husband. Now, when I wrote this up during this week, I thought it would be a great idea to ask, if every husband here that desires to do that, would you stand with me? Don't. Not right now. No. I thought that through. Last night, it was like a bolt came upon me. I was about to say it, and I couldn't get it out because it seemed to me the Lord was saying, what if there's a man that is here that wants to be that, and he is thinking it through, and you jump in front of me and you get him to stand with you on your timing. Let me deal with him. So, I didn't want to embarrass anyone. But if you're that husband that desires to do that with your wife, think it through. I thought on the way home, I mean, excuse me, on the way here this morning, I thought maybe if maybe just if you're sitting there, you might want to squeeze your hand, maybe, or but even at that i I don't want to jump in front of God, ladies, if you're a wife, and what the Bible seems to be saying to you concerning this curse which you live under, you wish to get rid of it, you wish to commit to become the wife that God has asked you to be in your husband's life. Pray that you too would consider changing your lifestyle to, to not try to change him by what you say, but let your gentle and quiet, quiet doesn't mean you don't speak, quiet means more a, a still or at peace. that's a desire of your heart, would you just answer in your own heart? Men, for those of you who are not married, if God chooses to give you a a special woman in your life one of these days, someone that you can love like Jesus Christ loves you, like God has taught us through this wonderful journey from Ephesians to the book of Genesis to 1 Peter would you perhaps say in your own heart yes I will do that Lord and ladies for those of you who are not yet married will you choose to live when God brings this man into your life if you are to marry to live with him to honor him choose not to try to control Him. Allowing God to move in Him as God so chooses. Will you two consider that in your heart? Again, during the week, I wrote this down that I thought I'd do it this way and last night the Holy Spirit just got all over me in a way that I couldn't close the service as I thought I was going to. I I closed it as I believed God would have had me to do it. At least that's what I sensed in my spirit. What I thought we'd do is just you can come on up when you're ready. You can either come up by yourself as the husband and, and bring your wife the the bread and, and the wine. And when you're ready, you too can, or if you're family, you all can take of bread and you remember we do this in remembrance of what Jesus Christ did for us you can say to your wife or to one another when we eat of this bread this is his body we can remember all the things that he has done for us and then you too can eat it and then right after that you can take of the juice or the wine and you can say this is his blood the precious blood that he shed for us. When you drink of it, drink of it, he says, in remembrance of who I am and what I've done for you. And the two of you can take communion, or the family, can take communion whenever you want. There's no um, closing. This is the closing right now. You can then, when you are through praying with one another and telling each other perhaps how much you love one another, how much you love the Lord, you can go. I want to thank you and tell you how much I love you. And so, let's close right now and then when you're through with communion, come up and take one of the, uh, the bookmarks and, and have communion with each other as you so desire. You have time. Time. Father, we'd like to uh, thank you for your grace and your kindness towards us. Father, as in salvation, the very essence of a marriage begins with the husband because we are to be like Christ to our wives. We're to love them, honor them, make sure they feel secure and then wives um, like we are as the body of Christ the bride of Christ you are to not try to control your husband you allow him to, to lead and you allow him to be the man of God in your home so that God can move upon his life as he Observe your chase and respectful behavior within your home. Next week and weeks following, we'll talk about the kids. What are the children to be like within the family. But Father, I want to ask your blessings upon each person here. I love them so, so much. I thank you for this church and for them allowing me to be a part. I take communion, Father, with that in mind. The grace of this church you have displayed in and through my life. Father, I take this communion this morning in remembrance of who you are and in remembrance of everybody here. How kind. Father, thank you for this day. Pray your blessings upon it in Jesus' name. Amen.